Very, very exciting and uh, just extraordinary, the people they've got involved in that project. Alpha is perhaps one of the, the um, biggest um, church tools around the world, reaching literally millions of people. And uh, we're very privileged to be a part of that. Wonderful. Well, that we're, is, this is uh, continuing on our I Dare You series, uh, which will probably run to the end of August um, until we run out of dares, really. Until we run out of things we can dare each other to do. And, uh, and when, they, when the dares start getting silly, that's when we'll stop. <laughs> and they start getting dangerous. But up until that point, up until that point, we'll keep them going. This morning, I want to I speak on I Dare You to Shout. And uh, we like shouting in this church. We're a, we're a free church. Uh, we, uh, we're not... Yeah, well, that can get complicated, couldn't it? We're a... Uh, <laughs> has so many different meanings in Scotland, doesn't it? Uh, so, uh, but we are a shirt. A, a, a shirt. I, I'm wearing a shirt. We are a church. <laughs> this is a shirt and this is a church. And uh, we are a church uh, that knows how to use our voice. But I want to speak this morning about the ability to, to be able to speak and, and to speak up when we need to, to use your voice when it's appropriate. You know, I think it's fair to say that the uh, people who grow up in the countryside are kind of the type of people... I mean, we grew up in the country, so I'm, maybe I'm slightly biased, but I, I particularly think that the, the, the women who grow up in, in the countryside who, who particularly married to farmers are perhaps the strongest, sort of, toughest women there are around, isn't it? If you ever meet a, a farmer's wife, you don't take it lightly, do you? There, there's an awe of respect. There's a sense of... I'll shake hands, but don't break my hand, please. And, uh, and there's this sense, I think farmers' wives particularly, uh, are some of the, they have to do uh, all the, they cook amazing food. They, I've never met a farmer's wife that doesn't cook amazing food. And uh, they, they're just tough as old boots. And they, um, they have this ability to, to be able to just manage a house, manage a family, um, be a mother to the orphan animals whenever they need, one, <laughs> need it. And just be able to manage this process. And uh, I had a friend who, um, she was a farmer's wife, classic farmer's wife in every way, but she had a voice that was like a foghorn. And, um, and I think that's probably, I don't know, maybe not all farmer's wives sort of have this loud voice, but she had the ability to, um, to shout to the kids in the field and they would sort of come running. The cows would also come running. And uh, you, you could hear her in the next county, actually. And she had, she, she had a skill set. You wouldn't use it on stage in worship, but, but uh, it was a skill set nonetheless. It was, a, it was a voice set for a certain ability to be able to speak loudly and uh, so that uh, she can be heard. And, and you know, I, I think... With our voice, we've got to understand that your voice needs to be heard. Amen? It says in Joshua um, chapter 6 and verse 20, we're going to um, just go through this. It says, So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets, and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. Then the people went up into the city every man straight before him, and they took the city. Now, up until this point, the children of Israel had been preparing and planning for the taking of Jericho. And Jericho was really the first city 
that they were prepared to take as they after they crossed the Jordan. And this is their, their promise of having spent 40 years with living with the defeat of not taking the, the promised land. You know, there are moments in our life when we just miss that moment. We miss the moment and we have to come back around and give it another go. And there is a time, there's a space, there is a lag between what we should have done and didn't do to come around and give it another go. There's the first thing we have to remember is that God will always give you another go. There's, there's, you can miss your moment, but God will always create for you another moment. Sometimes those moments are in a different time and a different circumstance, but God always opens doors for you to break through. And here the children of Israel, they missed the moment 40 years previous, and now here they are coming up to uh, Jericho. But Jericho has got walls 60 feet high and in places 300 feet wide. I spent some time thinking about 300 feet. That's um, about somewhere around about 100 meters um, wide. That's quite far, isn't it? That's, a, that's, that's considerably wider than this. This building is only about 15 meters wide. Is it 15 or 17, something like that? It's, it's not very wide. So you've got, to, you've got to time set by quite a lot to get the width of the walls of Jericho. This is an extraordinary structure. And we have to understand that there are many walls that we come up against. It's quite extraordinary, actually, when you are facing a challenge in your life, the first thing you come up against is a wall that seems so immountable that you decide to pull back and never give it a go. The enemy is constantly trying to place before you the situations and circumstances that defeat your heart and cause you to withdraw on the inside. But there is a shout on the inside that changes all of that. Now here's the thing. The children of Israel have been led to this point. They've been led to Jericho. They've been led uh, by Joshua. And they've been led to this place where they're going to take Jericho and Joshua has been leading them. He's been encouraged to put great, great faith and, and strength into them. But they've been given a command to march around Jericho but not say anything. And they had to march for six times. And, and you know, here's the thing that I really believe that what was going on, because you can spend a lot of time thinking about the shout, but what happened before the shout? Yeah. Before the shout was silence. And the silence was there for the children of Israel to take a measure of what it was that they were walking around. Sometimes when you walk up to something which is so awesome, so huge, it's a little bit intimidating. And you walk up to it and God is saying, don't say anything. Why? Well, because the first time you see something that's a little intimidating, what comes out of your mouth can be a little unbelieving. And so, in other words... Just, just don't say anything. <laughs> don't say anything silly. Don't say anything unbelieving. Don't say anything too presumptuous either. Just keep silent, but walk around it and take a measure of what it is that you're walking around. And so when the children of Israel march around on day one, they're looking at the walls and they're taking a measure thinking, what, how is this going to work? Day two, day three, I reckon by day four, day five, they got used to the march. The walls are no longer intimidating because they've walked around them before. They've seen them several times and now they've got a measure of them. 
Sometimes we've got to come back instead of running away, putting our head in the sand. We've got to come back around those things that are holding us up and walk around it until we've got a measure of it. Not measure it as in, I can't do this, but take a measure and go, well, this is what it is, what has got to fall down. This is what has got to change. And they got a measure of what was going on. Their hearts are beginning to lift, not be crushed. And so the children of Israel are marching around and it says that as they blew the trumpet, so they let out a shout, a great shout. In other words, a roar came out on the inside. Your voice has been created to speak up. The shout is an important point in your life. Here's the thing. If someone's always shouting, then you never hear them. Because, the, because what you've got is a wall of sound, not a voice of authority. The quiet person who is quiet and thoughtful, but suddenly arises with a voice that speaks up. Suddenly you hear them because you, that was the point. I remember um, my father was a very quiet man, uh, especially in public at home. He was full of mischief and, and uh, things that he would, he, he always had um, funny stories and things, but he was still always very quiet. But I remember at church, we, when I was a teenager, uh, we went to this little chapel in a place called Golden Cross and uh, I was there with my mum and dad. And it was the evening service. And the evening service had about 12 people in the service. And so the pastor would just make a circle in the middle of the room. And we'd sit down in a circle. And I was about 16, 17. And it's kind of, kind of like intimidating when you're a teenager. Um, and most of the people around you are like 100 years older than you. And uh, I was the youth group. <laughs> in fact, the next oldest person was my mum. And... Uh, <laughs> after me and then it was my dad and, and after that was a big gap and then, and then really old people in fact there was a one lady there uh, who was so old that she actually saw Halley's Comet come round in the early part of the 20th century wow. that, was, uh, that was like 19 she remembered it I can't remember when it was like 19 1906 19, right, she remembered that there's always someone who knows this information, isn't there? It's like, it's the, the library you go to. It's like, it's marvellous. Well, you have to be careful, though, because if you get the things wrong, they come up and correct you. And uh, where, whereas everybody else, you can give them wrong information, they have no idea. Doesn't matter. It just passes over. But it's good to get that info. So, Nigel, she remembered that. This lady was ancient. And she, she had a face like a prune. And uh, it was marvellous. And, uh, and she always used to, uh, she would listen to the message, and I used to record them. She would always go off with the tape. And she would go off and listen to the message again. She always made sure she got the tape off me so she could have a wonderful old lady. But here in this service, we're sitting around in this service, and everyone's praying. And suddenly here, I've never heard my father pray other than around the mill table or in the kind of public setting. And suddenly he starts to speak. But what comes out of his voice is what had been sown into him and that as a child, which was a hymn. And he just starts speaking a hymn because he would know hymns. That's how he was raised. And he just could recite hymns that had been sitting in for 40 years. Probably hadn't spoken that hymn or even recounted it for 40 years, 50 years. And here he was and he's reciting a hymn. Do you know what? Everybody listened. 
Everybody listened because he began to use his voice for that moment. And the power of that moment was very powerful. Do you know, sometimes you've got to learn, understand the power of your voice and understand when it's time to speak and when it's time to speak with authority. The shout is the shout of authority. Sometimes it's a shout of joy, but it still has authority. The shout of joy is the declaration as we establish ourselves in a new place. What happens with a shout is it puts an exclamation mark and it draws a line. It it finishes the chapter of a life of one part of your life and starts another. The children of Israel put an exclamation mark on the chapter of their defeat on the chapter of their embarrassment and humiliation of not going into the promised land and they finished it with a shout. The walls came down and they started a new chapter of possessing the land. And sometimes if you want to write a new chapter in your life, your voice has got to rise up at that moment and say, this is what God has called me to do. This is what has got to change. This has what has got to be spoken out of my heart got to learn to understand the power of your voice. It says in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 27, it says, For it's written, Rejoice, O barren, you who do not bear, break forth and shout, you who are not in labour, for the desolate has many more children than she who has a husband. And this is a powerful verse that's speaking to those who are barren, who are broken, who are hopeless and seem to have nothing going for them. And it says, let out a mighty shout and declare that you will have many more than those who appear to be blessed. In other words, the circumstances of your life are determined by the point at which you will use your voice and speak out what God has ordained you to say. There's got to come a shout on the inside. And you know what? But we, we live at a time when, when, when we're praying, most of the time, I guarantee if you're praying at home, you'll just be using, oh Lord, I pray. You tend to drop your voice when you pray. Well, that's okay. We don't want to kind of, when you walk around, if you walk in on somebody else when they're praying, it's a bit awkward, isn't it? And they're praying, it doesn't matter, even, even if, if, if I'm praying or Cheryl's praying, I walk into the house and Cheryl's praying and uh, she's just praying away and you walk in, you kind of, There's a pause because you don't know kind of what the moment. Can I share in that moment? Is this a personal prayer? Am I just ruining the moment? I come in and Cheryl's praying to Jesus about something personal and I come in. Have you seen my socks? (laughs) Kind of ruins the moment, doesn't it? It's like, would you like two eggs with your bread or what? Oh, okay. (laughs) It's like... So so whenever you're praying, there's a moment in which you kind of... There's just this pause of prayer... But sometimes out of your voice has to come a voice of authority. Out of your voice has to come a point of declaration. The courage to hear your voice with your own ears and to speak it out with strength. There comes a point, there's certain chapters in your life when it's time to draw a line and saying that was then and this is now. I'm stepping into something new right now. And to step into something new, I've got to conquer those walls of Jericho. I'm going to let it out. You see, what happens with our voice is that when we're speaking and when we're praying, if we're not speaking the words of faith, what happens is that we undermine everything that we believe in. It says in James chapter 1, verse 26, 
If anyone among you thinks he is religious and doesn't bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. <coughs> Excuse me. Let me just gargle some water. This one's religion is useless. That's quite potent, isn't it? That's like, in other words, in other if he doesn't bridle his tongue, in other words, if he doesn't take control of what he says, his faith that he believes in, the things which he declares and says he believes in, is utterly useless. I'm amazed at the amount of people that Christians I speak to and they come and are praying, but because of the unbridled tongue, the, the fact that they don't take control of what comes out of their mouth, their experience of their faith is contrary to what they read in the Word. Why? Well, because they read something in the Word, but their mouth is just coming out with, it's just garbage comes out of the mouth. Negativity, unbelief, criticism, constant undermining, speaking out are words which diminish, pull people down, pull situations down. Jokes which diminish rather than lift. There is a there's a there's a, a voice and and I think that our humour I think British humour is likes to just pull it down a bit, don't we? We just like to just a little bit of a, a knife just cut it down. And we all snigger. Just like to just diminish things a little because it seems funny. But I, I want you to understand that that your voice is a voice which God has ordained to speak life and hope. God created the heavens and the earth with His voice. The voice, the communicate wasn't first for communication, it was first for creation. When God spoke, there was no one to speak to. He wasn't communicating to anyone. He was creating with His voice. We are here to create and to speak out with our voice what God has already ordained. The truth of who we are, we speak it out. The truth of what He is leading us into, we speak it out. The truth of what the Word of God says, but is yet to be revealed, we speak it out. And sometimes when we're speaking out, we speak out with a voice that says, I'm just going to shout. <laughs> I'm just going to shout this out. Sometimes you've got to have the courage to speak. There's nothing more frustrating than watching a parent who's got a two or three year old, but they've yet to get to grips with the fact that you actually have to use authority. We've all seen them occasionally. You see a, there's a child running around and all two and three year olds are just. They are the most challenging. Of all people say, oh, teenage years, forget it. Two and three year olds. That's the point where you think you will die. You never think you're going to get over it. That's <laughs> because they're just like this the whole time. Joseph here. That boy. <laughs> Remember taking him to church? <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> they're all like it, right? It's the greatest that at that point they're challenging everything. And you can't reason with them. They can't have a conversation with them. I see parents trying to have conversations with small children. What are you doing? 
You want to communicate. They don't have a clue what you're talking about. They don't use reason. They don't mentally reason things through. It's all about how they feel. They can't tell you why they're feeling like this. They just feel like it, and they're going to let you know. (laughs) And so the voice of authority... I mean, if parents, you hear parents shouting all the time, then of course the kid's not going to listen because it's just a voice. It's drowned out. But watching a parent never use a voice that says no, when no will save their life. <laughs> it's like, stop this, please, please. You see parents going to say children, please. If you say please one more time, I'm going to discipline that child myself. <laughs> just sometimes... A kid needs a no. Sometimes a kid needs a voice that will stop them before they die. Before they step into the road. Before they put their hand in the hot cup. Before they... There's a voice of authority, is there not? You don't have to do it that often, but just sometimes. There has to come a voice. And that is the voice that changes everything. I always remember my mother, she had this, she loved it, and it's worked for us every time there was this voice. It wasn't a word, it was a sound. And it went like this. Ah, 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 ah. It's a great sound, isn't it? It makes everybody sit up and go, what, what, what? How? It's a sound that comes out of your voice, and it does something to the inside of you. Well, you know what? We've got to use a voice that speaks into the realm of the supernatural. We're speaking with authority over our house. We're speaking authority over our church. We're speaking authority over our family. We speak with authority over what God has called us to live in. Because we weren't called to live in defeat. We are called to live in a place where we measure what we are facing. We take it all in. And we settle it in our hearts. And then we speak out with a shout and saying, God is with me. I am a child of God. It says in Matthew 26, Matthew 10, sorry. (coughs) 26. Try, Try looking there. Matthew 10 verse 26 says this. Do not be afraid of those who threaten you. This is Jesus speaking to The disciples, the twelve, as he's sending them out. Do not be afraid of those who threaten you, for the time is coming when everything that is covered will be revealed and all that is secret will be made known to all. What I tell you now in the darkness, shout abroad when daybreak comes. What I whisper in your ear, shout from the housetops for all to hear. This is an extraordinary declaration What I tell you in the darkness, shout abroad when daybreak comes. In other words, there's a point when God speaks to you. And when He speaks to you, there is a point. It's a different point to the point you shout. It's a different moment. Sometimes we're a little too eager to speak up when sometimes God speaks to us in the darkness. God speaks to us in the quiet time. He speaks to us in the time when we're evaluating and just taking it in. Sometimes you've got to learn just how to sit down, read the Word, and let God speak to your heart. Just soak it up. Let it settle in you. But when daybreak comes, when things begin to change around you, time to shout. Time to use your voice and speak with authority. 
Time to declare what God has spoken. Let me read to you one more verse. Jeremiah 31, verse 7 says this. For thus says the Lord, Sing with gladness for Jacob. Shout among the chief of the nations. Proclaim, give praise, and say, O Lord, save your people, the remnant of Israel. This is spoken, this is a declaration of praise spoken in the midst of trial, trouble, defeat, rebellion. See, we're good at all of those things. We're good at all, we're good at all of those things. We're good, at, we're good at just messing it up slightly. We're good, we're good at just sometimes just not quite believing enough, being maybe a little cynical. You see, I remember hearing a man say to me once, he says, Kevin, you have a lot of, um, you have a lot of uh, energy and zeal, but I have wisdom. <laughs> and I remember looking at him thinking, if that's wisdom, I don't want it. Because <laughs> you are possibly the most boring man on the planet. And it's amazing how this man had, had created boringness for himself. He was boring. He was... He was he was grey in just his whole approach. Everything was grey and dull and lifeless. But he had turned it into a religion. He had decided that this was how God existed. And it was the most lifeless. It was like... And, and what he didn't was challenged by was the fact that I was young, enthusiastic and probably a little bit loud. And I was, I was ruining his dullness. I was, I was destroying the... He was, had this sort of... It wasn't, just, it wasn't peaceful calm. It was that deathly quiet that makes you want to knock something over just to ruin the noise. You know what I mean? It's like he'd got this kind of existence around him and, and he wanted me to be like him. He wanted me to know that this was wisdom, but it wasn't wisdom, it was useless faith it didn't do anything it wasn't going anywhere well obviously I, I still have had a lot to learn but I, I realized at that moment that my voice has authority at time to speak and to praise God and even in the midst of my own rebellion even in the midst of my own failings in the midst of my own belligerence in the midst of my own just those cynical moments, particularly as you get older, you just get a little bit cynical, a little bit, oh yeah, well, when you're young, you young people. <laughs> Do you know what? And I look around, I just think to myself, to be 23 again, <laughs> to have the zeal and the life and the faith and the energy and to have that go. Well, here's the thing. We've got to learn how to use our voice. And here's the challenge for everyone. When you're 23 or thereabouts, you use your voice. But when you're well past that age, you have to have the mindset of being 23 again. Because that's the mindset that says, I'm giving it a go. It's the mindset that goes, you see that tree? I'm going to climb that. Yeah. The old thing. I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to, I'm going to live that again. 
I'm not going to be restrained by my circumstances and I'm going to speak with the authority that God has spoken into my heart and I'm going to shout and declare to the world the name of Jesus Christ, the authority for which has been invested in me. He shed his blood on Calvary that I might be free. Well, if the free are free indeed, then the voice that we carry creates freedom. A voice of declaration which changes the situation and everything around us. I want to challenge you this morning. I want to dare you this week to just speak up. In those moments, do it all the time. I remember when I was learning to preach. I was being trained to preach. I was trying to, learning to use my voice. There'd be times when I shouted all the time because I thought that's what you did. It was horrible. People's ears were bleeding. No one came to church. They're all running out the back. That man is mad. <laughs> but eventually I learned how to use my voice and know when to speak. There is a moment when you use your voice. You know, your voice is like a computer that has huge amount of ability. You know, I remember talking to Cheryl's oldest brother, um, Phil. He's a, he's a techno wizard engineer, uh, loves a bit of a scientist, and uh, he's a genius with um, everything, actually. <laughs> uh, but he, particularly, I remember him talking, his company in the mid-2000s was still using 486 computers. You remember the 486? It was, it was, it was like 256 megabytes of data of memory on it. You know, didn't even have a whole gig. It was like, it was like two, 256 or 500 megabytes, I think. It was well, well before the one gigabyte computer. And they were using these to run the company. And here's the thing about the 486 computer. It has vast amounts of computation power, but most people never used it. You've all got computers, phones, and they've got vast amounts of computation power, but you just go on Facebook. You just go on Facebook. You, just, you never use the power that's in. I've got a good friend. He's one of the elders of the Apostolic Church. His name is Des Byrne. He's been a good friend of mine ever since I've been in Aberdeen. He used to run Shell's computer system. And he bought for Shell for £10 million a computer with five gigabytes of memory. Five gigabytes. Ten million pounds in 1983. <laughs> that's, that's a fraction of the size of your phone right now. Ten million pounds on this computer. You know, your tongue has great computation power. Your tongue has great ability if you learn how to use it. Sometimes we just want everything else to change around us. Like we just want a new computer. We just learn to use the one you've got. I remember Phil saying the computers they were using were more than capable of doing the job that needed to be done. And everyone, oh, we need a new computer. No, you just need to learn how to use it. Oh, I need my circumstances changed. You just need to learn how to use your tongue, which has great power, to change the situations around you if you will speak with faith and life. It changes everything around you. It changes everything. It's time. Let's stand up, shall we? We're going to get into that place.